welcome to the Living With Long Covid podcast. My name is Julie. I'm a registered nurse in the UK. I went from frontline worker in May 2020 to COVID-19 patient and subsequently I have long COVID. I decided to create this podcast to share my personal lived experience of living with long COVID, the impact this has on your personal and professional life. Disclaimer, the podcast is not a medical podcast. I am not giving medical advice. You would need to consult a medical professional. I intend to explore, discuss and learn together more about long COVID and how long haulers can live well with long COVID over subsequent podcasts. And I hope you will continue to join me. So welcome to today's episode. Um, I wanted to talk about communication. So this episode is I Have a Voice. And I've been reflecting recently um, on my voice um, and how the distortion that I experience has led to somewhat quieter version of the person I once was um, at times. And I have had times when it's been too much effort to speak as the audibility is a challenge uh, or I, I am told again um, time and time again should I say from people um, oh you 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 sound like you've got a really sore throat um, and you, you know it, it must be really difficult um, that must really hurt and obviously people are just concerned it's not done out of malice um, in any way but um, I just find myself using lots and lots of energy to explain that it doesn't actually hurt um, that it is distortion and it's due to the fact I have long COVID and then I would explain um, I find myself over explaining something that I can do anyway but um, over explaining that I haven't got the audibility because my breathing pattern is not autonomically working um, and that my accessory muscles and my diaphragm are not doing the job um, as they would and they are fatigued, it is PEM um, and therefore um, the my audibility can be limited and it is variable as well at this stage. I do sometimes, as you guys will hear on the podcast, get my voice almost completely back um, or I can have um, variability in conversations. It just, it just depends really or it can just totally be um, quite inaudible. So... I did feel at one point like this conversation was on repeat to be quite honest and as I've said nobody has meant anything um, by it um, more out of concern when people tend to, to ask or, or a starter of a conversation if they don't know you because it's something a bit different I suppose um, so I've always been a talker anyone who knows me I'm sure I would agree with that fact <laughs> but I found myself not having the energy to talk um, or to keep explaining myself as well so this got me to thinking overall about the importance of communication because I think we're, we're all aware that communication is is key to to everything we do really but when you were in a position where you know not being having your voice heard um, you know 
or being able to express yourself, having that brain capacity um, when we talk about cognition, when we talk about brain injury, um, you know, being able to, to do that effectively is, is difficult. And But not only that, um, the feeling of silence, the feeling of lack of communication around long COVID in general, I think it's been silence for too long. Um, I don't think it is um, talked about in a broader sense. We have some fantastic long COVID communities, um, very, very supportive um, charities now and um, very supportive, like I said, within communities um, and within groups um, on the social media that are really trying to support people. However, that tends to be communities within communities. So people that are already experiencing this and people that um, are very much aware of post-viral syndromes, um, we've been very much supported by the MECFS community. I always um, say that. Um, and, you know, that is amazing. Anybody else with different varying um, post-viral um, syndromes you know, very validating and, and have been a really great source of support. However, I'm talking about long COVID being the pandemic within the pandemic and for some reason being exceptionally silenced and swept under the carpet, it feels. Um, anybody that follows me on social media knows certain posts I do um, tag in the government um, and our current health secretary. Um, Obviously, I don't ever get a response, <laughs> um, but I'll keep trying because I think the, you know, long COVID needs talking about. We need to, especially in the UK, stop putting this down to a psychosomatic condition. Um, I can absolutely assure anybody that is not living this, because um, if you're living it, you already know, but anybody that is not living this, that this is not a psychosomatic condition. It is very much physical, emotional and mental. That's fine. I've talked about this before. From a holistic perspective, everything is is obviously affected because anything in terms of your health does affect every inch of of who you are, physically, emotionally, mentally, and um, I think that's why holistic care and a holistic approach is so important. But losing our um, ability to have that voice and communicate is very, very challenging. So as I said, when I talk about that long COVID communication, um, I'm talking about a one-sided element that would be in the media at this point. I'm talking about um, the kind of, like I said, brushing under the carpet, psychosomatic um, approach, the gaslighting um, elements as well that are very, very challenging. And don't get me wrong, there are health professionals out there fighting our corner as well. And for them, for each and every one of them, we, we thank them greatly um, and appreciate them too. So I reflected on the factors affecting communication. So of course, there is voice distortion like mine and many others. Um, but what about the brain fog stroke injury, which we just I just briefly mentioned? When my words become lost and I can't articulate a sentence, when a word comes out wrong or totally made up. Now, I'll often laugh at myself as some of the, mom the, the, the moments can be really funny. Some of the words I say can be really, really funny. However, 
when you look at the larger picture, the overall effect of that loss of communication, it isn't really funny. We we appreciate that, um, but you know, I I do, I do have the the opposite um, angle of of I feel like I have to laugh sometimes, um, to lighten it myself, you know, to to understand and to appreciate myself for the person that I am at this particular point, and that that does happen to me. Um, I've spent lots of times too embarrassed to speak as my words have slurred or been slurred and I've sounded really drunk. Um, so I did, sometimes I, I don't speak. I avoid conversations um, and or withdraw. I lose my voice in essence, my tool of communication and therefore my link to the world really. I also thought about being unable to communicate feelings for fear of judgment so I've never known a medical condition judged in such a dark light that you cannot freely talk about it. Um, knowing people disbelieve the condition, turn a blind eye, want to put it down to a psychosomatic illness, as I've said, and following, you know, following on from what the media and the government are putting out there. But why? Why are they, uh, would they do that? Why are they doing that? And actually, while I'm even sat here reflecting, I do know another condition that has been judged in a dark light, and that would be um, AIDS and HIV. And that also makes me reflect on why do people feel the need when they don't understand something to judge or dismiss it? I'm sure there's many people in the um, AIDS and HIV community um, that have been misrepresented, misunderstood and people that are not in that community misinformed throughout the years um, and, and again it's when we talk about communities that community work and spirit of groups of like-minded people are really really important however as I said we can end up in a, in a, um, a position where we're within that community and we're learning and we're sharing and we're teaching and we're helping but that's where it stays and actually it needs to be wider spread now voices need to get louder and I think that's why um, having these communities is really really important and supporting one another to, to, to have those voices and to be heard um, where, we, where we need to be to move forward so communication obviously is a huge part of our lives it is needed for everything in relationships workplaces society education as i said everywhere really we need a form of communication to be heard to feel empowered to have an opinion you know to be ourselves to express ourselves to facilitate our needs and as i've reflected upon communication um, and how communication is expressed in many formats, it is important that we understand that, you know, we all have that voice, we all have that ability to communicate and that right to communicate what we need to um, for our own um, health and well-being as, as well as um, socially. Um, you know, it's it's just such an important thing. I've worked within my career with a multitude of people with varying communication needs as well. 
Um, I've always understood providing the appropriate adaptations for that person. So I'm talking now about, um, you know, understanding that communication isn't just always the voice and it can always be the voice because unfortunately sometimes we don't have one um, for, for many reasons. So I think being aware and adapting for that person, you know, that individual ensures they are heard, whether that requires um, listening and patience, giving a person time to speak without interruption or finishing the sentences, um, providing picture cards or a pad and pen, having an interpreter present or using a translation app. You know, reading a patient's passport, going back to my nursing roots there. But there's always a method to be found to ensure a person has a voice and can be their authentic self and can be heard. So I think, I've, you know, as I said, I've learned a lot during my career. And don't get me wrong, as a 16-year-old working in a residential home, I didn't always get it right. But I did listen I really did and I learned from the you know the most important people the people I was supporting and advocating and taking care of and you know in the days before patient passports um, and, and often very brief note writing I would try and work out how I could communicate with somebody that that, that struggled with communication for, for many reasons like I said they can be psychological they could be medical it could be physical you know, there are lots of different reasons. Um, you know, I would look, if I, if possible, at a person's belongings for clues and likes and dislikes. Um, whether there's a book on the bedside table and what they might like to read. Um, you know, what 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 fragrances are are, are around. Um, you know, what kind of clothing. Um, if there is any food types about, lots of different things, you know, and I would be looking for clues uh, for likes and dislikes. And, you know, obviously I would talk to that person where appropriate to see if I could find out what they did like and didn't like. And what I mean by that, um, where appropriate is if somebody was verbally unable to commun communicate um, if they couldn't physically speak having that audible voice there are ways you can from facial expressions and obviously hand gestures and what have you so you know it would be a case of holding something just for instance blue up do you like blue do you like green and having a, a method of communication um, so and, and if this wasn't a possibility obviously speaking to a person's relatives because my thought was always, um, you know, could you imagine being sat having, say, some food at the table and that you having kind of, you know, no disrespect, but shoveled into your mouth each day and, you know, you don't like it. You know, it's not a food type that you would have ever eaten before. You know, who, who would want that? You, you wouldn't would you so I'm a big believer in obviously treating others the way that you wish to be trapped and this did give me the opportunity um, working in these environments to learn so much from people um, how you can, can communicate how you can communicate with your facial expressions how you can use other methods to make sure 
you are um, being heard basically so you know if you take a moment to notice top to toe a person's reactions we have those expressions we give a person a voice um, and we make sure people are, are always heard in their own right so while I have this experience and understanding I still feel you can never truly understand something until you experience it yourself and that's what got me reflecting on communication because I've always been able to to communicate and communicate well um, I've always loved the written word reading books and bringing them to life in my imagination putting pen to paper and writing myself thoughts feelings poems stories to be able to you know read as I could or write in that capacity that I could previously um, takes away my expressive communication and a form of communication I used for expressing lots of different parts of my life and parts of who I am um, and that really does impact on the person that you are as I said at the beginning I reflect on so many factors that affect communication when you have long COVID and I will extend that to you know, professionals, friends and family of people that may not want to listen may, may disbelieve or you know gaslight cutting off all communications you know think about that think about what you're doing if you're in disbelief of a person that's living through this journey how might you feel if this was affecting you how might you feel if you had long covid if you had a long-term condition that was affecting so much of your life so much of the person that you are that you have possibly withdrawn you know that you have possibly um not felt like you had a voice could you could you imagine losing that and i think if you you have questioned anybody with long covid now's the time to have a conversation with them give them that voice back you know understand and appreciate them for the person they are allow them that time to explain to you what their condition means to them and how it affects them without judgment because while ever the psychosomatic angle is focused upon people will find it very difficult to communicate to have their voice to say yes i do struggle mentally and emotionally because my life has changed completely but that does not mean that it is a psychosomatic condition that means that the physical implications to this condition have changed a person's life beyond recognition that it is affecting their mental and emotional health and I include myself in that because it is very very difficult and we should be looking into um, treating um, and, and researching for long COVID as um, I advocate for all of the time and that will give people their voice back and then obviously in turn that will help the holistic care um, be more well be 
something and be effective. So I've thought long and hard about my own experiences and how my communication has been affected. And I have concluded I do have a voice. I have lots to say and share. You know, I do and I can bring value to conversations. It doesn't matter if I stutter or falter on my wording. It doesn't matter if it takes me a week to write a short poem. It doesn't matter if I use an audio book so I can still enjoy reading. What matters is that whatever, however I communicate, I keep communicating. I don't make myself small or hide away. And what does matter is that people listen, understand and think how they may feel if they could not communicate how they once could. My message is you have a voice in whatever form of communication that is. Use it, express it. You and your voice are valued. You are a person that has experience and it can spread that information to the world. And we should always, always have our voice. I hope this episode has been useful. Thank you to everyone for listening and for getting in touch with me. I appreciate your lovely, lovely messages. I'm receiving more than ever now and I do try and get back to everybody. So thank you. And as always, do please take care. I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye. If you are enjoying the podcast, please hit the five-star rating and leave a review. It helps the podcast to grow and reach more people. My aim is to help and support as many people as possible. Please continue to DM me your lovely messages and any questions you might have. I always love to hear from you guys. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And why not join my long-term conditions, health and wellbeing page on Facebook. You can also subscribe to my link tree. I will put all of the links for these and any from today's episode in the show notes. Thank you for listening and as always, please take care.